0: Treasures of faith never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied. The
1: Happy New Year. Are you guys still hung over something? I don't know. Happy new, Happy new Year. I don't know why we celebrate New Year. I don't know, but um, that song, "Old Lang Syne, is one of the dumbest songs ever written, you know, but anyway, here we are. It's a new year, and I got a New Year shirt on, so let's stand up and let's worship the Lord. Welcome to Haven Community Church.
0: Will for you Jesus the day above every other day. Jesus, the only one who could ever see. Worthy of every breath we could ever be, we live for you. For you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Oh, that Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever sing
1: we're excited about what you have for us in this year, and help us not to just, like, look at New Year's resolutions and things that we want to do in the flesh, but let us just be, uh, 2023, just be a great year in service to you and to your kingdom, that many people will come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everybody says, amen. All right. Everybody say hello to some people around you. And our
2: kids can head out, too. she is away this weekend so we do want to wish and pray for all those that are traveling right now for the year and coming back and lift them all in prayers for traveling mercies because we know the airlines aren't all that great right now yesterday's fog wasn't awesome but today we have a gorgeous day to start our new year so we have a lot of prayer requests today we have wes who is having surgery on January 3rd for open heart surgery. So let's lift him and Emily in prayer. We also have, we have several people having surgeries. We also have Sarah, who is going to be having surgery on the 10th for knee replacement. We have Carol Henson, who is also having surgery on the 9th. So we have a lot of members having surgery the first week to start off the new year. We also want to lift and praise for Scott and Jen's mom, for Bernie, she was, had pneumonia, and she's been in recovery, but God answered prayers, and she's back in recovery, and we're just going to keep lifting her up, that she gets healthier and healthier and stronger and can come home again. And we also want to lift up Scott and Jen and Carol, that they can be with her and be strong for her as she's going through this. And we want to lift up Donna Holt. She fell and broke her femur and hip and is in currently in rehab. And we also want to lift up her husband, who is also going through treatments for cancer. So lift that family up. And we want to also look and lift up, let's see, pretty good, We want to lift up Keith for continuous healing on his hand. And Lisa Bailey wanted to thank everybody for their prayers and food that that you all provided for her during her surgery this last week. And we want to lift up Marge, that this year will be the year she gets her procedure for her knees and gets better. And we want to lift up Allison for recovery as well, and Dorothy Elroyd's family for the loss that they, they had over this first year so we just want to go to prayer lord we just want to thank you that we can come to you and that you hear our prayers lord and that we can stand on all your promises that you hear us you will guide us into this new year you will place your healing hands on all those that we lifted up today for their surgeries for healing from falls from from addictions from everything that we are all facing right now lord god that 2023 will be a year we all come closer to you and we thank you in Jesus name Amen Our decisions are incredibly important
0: whatever you do commit it to the Lord Did you feel that? Something just happened that many of us take for granted Another year is officially in the past A chapter is closed, and now we look ahead to a new year. The mistakes, missteps, and missed opportunities of the past give way to hope, excitement, and joy for the new life God gives us, pursuing Christ with each new dawn. Through His grace, we get the chance to reset the clock, to forget what lies behind, and strain forward to what lies ahead. We know His mercies are new every morning. So whatever we do this year, let's give it to God, seeking His will, and taking this opportunity to restart. Whatever you do, commit it to the Lord. He will, watch this, establish your plans.
1: uh conga line so um to start the new year. Um no seriously uh, we uh it's uh, it was a good good year. Everybody have a good Christmas? Yes. Everybody? yeah' good uh, some people didn 't like what you got you're not saying a word okay that 's what it is um we had it was It was odd this year because um usually we have either a service uh, before or after on a Sunday, but with Christmas being on a Sunday, we hope everybody enjoyed time with family and and friends and we did put an old message on um, but we had a great uh Christmas Eve service. it was fun um Keith didn 't want to play, so early in the week he got his fingers caught in a router um, but um he's doing well and um And we're glad that he'll be back with us in a little while, um, helping lead our worship team and good things like that. So it's been been a kind of interesting time with uh, everything going on. So uh, everybody have a good new year. Last year, uh, last night something happened hadn't happened in probably 24 years. And Jacob's 24. Melissa and I had complete quiet in the house, and it was just us and dogs. And the dogs didn't even make a sound. It was, it was like a Christmas uh, miracle or something that went on there, you know. But anyway, it was, uh, it was a good. Uh, you know, you're, you know, you've uh, officially crossed to that older part as you're facing being a grandfather, and nobody's home, but you, you and uh, and the dogs and your wife. So it's great. Um, but it was, it was really good. So, all right, uh, here we are, 2023. Uh, Doesn't that seem like, uh, did you remember in the 90's when that seemed like so far away? Um, They made uh, science fiction movies and stuff about those kind of things and here we are. But, um, you know, I I heard a story about um, a a person who had decided for New Year's that they gave up social media. And um, they said they're going to try to make friends outside of Facebook and Twitter and yet they're going to apply the same principles. So they tried this and they said every day I walk down the street and tell passers-by what I've eaten, um, how I feel what I did the night before and what I will do tomorrow. And then I gave them pictures of my family, my dogs, and me gardening. I also listen to their conversations and tell them I love them and give them little hearts um, and thumbs up. I already have three people following me, two police officers and a psychiatrist. So, If you got a New Year's resolution and you want to go ahead and do that, don't try, try to do that one. They may have some people following you. Okay, we are starting a, a new series um, today and for the new year, and it's called I Have Pre- pre-decided, and today's, uh, the theme of today is called, To Take My Life Back. Anybody want to take your life back? Uh, We're going to talk about that. So a great verse to start the new year with. Um, Comes from Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. It's a great verse to start a new series and a new year, and it says, forget the former things. How many have something in last year, 2022, you'd like to forget? Anybody? All right. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. How, you know how much energy we spend on dwelling on the past and those things? And look what it says. See, I am. God is doing a new thing. And God, is not, uh, God does not wait for the calendar to go, Whoo, Okay, now I can do something new. Um, God is all ready to do something new all the time. We say, great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we can see. So God is always willing to do something new in our lives. So I have a question for you. What do you think is the difference between those, uh, those people that are re- really living a fulfilled life? What is that thing that people who just really feel like their life is fulfilled and, and full and just amazing, what do you think that it is? Um, by saying really fulfilled, I mean they have great and meaningful relationships They're strong financially and generous with people around them and giving. They're fulfilled in every area of life, and they love the life that they're living. So in other words, so let's look at this question again. What do you think is the difference between those people and the rest of the world? Um, We have, um, because there are people that are struggling financially, relationally. They're just trying to hold their relationships, their marriage together, their kids, um, keep them healthy and safe. There are those who are struggling financially and they don't, know what they don't know what it's like to be generous. They'd like to be generous, but they don't feel they could be. And there are those who, who want something else in life. Like it just seems like something's missing. Um, and they get to this point and you go, is that it? You know, what else is there? What else is there? And they feel empty. So what is the difference between those who are really fulfilled and the rest of the world who often is struggling? So let me start by telling you what it's not. It's not their intelligence, it's not their talent, and it's not their looks or appearance. Because we've, already see, we've all met smart people who are miserable. Anybody know anybody who's very intelligent that's miserable? Okay. Um, we've seen talented people who are broke, Anybody know talented people who are broke, um, and we've seen attractive people who can't hold a relationship with friends, family, or anybody else. And some of you're thinking, "Well, I dated that person in 2022." I know, or years ago. I know exactly. Um, if they're here, don't point at them, please. All right. Um, so, what is that difference? Well, the answer is this: It really boils down to our decisions. It boils down to our decisions in life, and our decisions are an are. Incredibly and indescribably important. I've always told my kids, you know, hey, you know, your choices matter. Your choices matter. And anybody, any other parent, given that kind of thing, you know, said that your choices matter, and, and that's what happens. And and my parents did that to me, and I did the same thing. My kids lived, like. Rolled eyes and like, yeah, right. Um, and, and I, I remember um, a couple of kids were like, yeah, I know. Choices, choices, I hear it, I hear it. But it really does. And so I'd say it this way. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life, all right? So if you have a good quality to your decisions, you're going to have a better quality to your life. And here I've heard somebody say this, this way too. You make decisions and your decisions make you. Right? You make decisions and your decisions make you. Here's the problem, though. The problem is many of us are not good decision makers. Do you agree? I'll take you back. How many of you had a New Year's resolution for 2022? You guys just gave up, didn't you, after all these years. How many have ever made a New Year's resolution in your life? How many of you followed through with it? Okay, a couple. All right. So um, they usually say that they're going out the window really early. um, And and you have those things. Um, How many of you said, okay, it's the holidays. I'm going to eat like garbage and I'm going to eat whatever I want. Then when the New Year starts, I'm going to go ahead. And then the New Year's starting, you're like, man, I really would like a big bowl of ice cream right now. You know what I mean? We we have these kind of decisions. Most of us, um, we want to eat right, but we decide to eat more than we should. We want to be wise with our money, and then we buy things that we don't need or we can't afford. And we want to be wise with our words, and we decide to say things that we we do regret. We want to do the right thing, and often we end up making the decision to do the wrong thing. And we want to love people around us, and unfortunately, sometimes our decisions end up hurting those who are closest to us. Um, We want to be good decision makers, and the problem is just we're not in many ways. Uh, you know, I remember one of, the, one of the times I was thinking about um, the multitude of bad decisions I've made in life. And it's kind of hard to cut those down. But one I th- that just stood out to me was when I was in college. Um, I had a great work-study job. It was in, at Western University and uh, student organizations and student administration. And the cool thing was it was uh, in the time where not many people had uh, laptops or their own personal computers, and um, and so I could stay there as long as I want, and I had work study, and I could actually work on my papers. And I was a, um, or I had to go to the computer lab. Anybody remember you had to go to the computer lab to do your papers and stuff? And I didn't want to go to a computer lab, um, and so uh, what I did is I just stayed after work, and they let me stay there. And this was when WordPerfect. Anybody remember WordPerfect was the top. Word process, you guys forgot about that one, didn't you? And, and they had just crossed over from WordPerfect 3, whatever, which was like the blue whatever screen, to the one that first had like the, the white paper. And it was like four, I think it was. And um, they had an intranet, which was like, it was connected within offices. Uh, I'm giving some people history lessons. Some of the younger people are saying, what is this Greek he is speaking right now today? But they, they had this thing, and it didn't auto-save, right? It never auto-saved. And so I had a major term paper, being a journalism major and an English minor, I had a major paper. It was like 30-some pages long. And I was, I was working on it at work study, and I would work on it a couple days, and I had it, and everybody had left, and I, I did not plan on saving it. Uh-huh. And um, so I went ahead, and I was at that page, like 28 or whatever, and I said, oh, I should save it. And I clicked Save. And the whole computer locked up. Yeah, and um, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, do I have anything?" And I went and jumped on another computer to sign on because it was the. Intranet in the in her office, and I had a whopping five pages of a 28-page paper. So I was there all night. That wasn't a very good decision, am I correct? Um, that's just one of the many in my life. Like when I wasn't feeling well, and I decided to eat pierogies. You figure out the rest of the story, all right? Not a good thing. I couldn't eat pierogies for years, um, and and do those things. So the bottom line is, some of us have done have made decisions that we regret. How many of you ever made a decision you regret? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're just lying in church. This is our new year old. Um, but this is what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about the power of our decisions. Why is it that we struggle in making good decisions? Why do we want to do the right thing, but often end up doing the wrong? The Apostle Paul even wrote this. He said, why is it the good that I, I want to do, I never do, but I, it's the bad that I do? And, you know, if, if stained glass wrote most of the New Testament, Paul has this problem, then I certainly have got to admit that I have that issue as well. So why do we do that? So today I'm going to give you, today is basically going to be a big introduction to the series, and then we're going to unpack a couple things that we're going to go on from there. So... And we're going to look at God's word and how he helps us make good decisions. So why do we struggle to make good decisions? Well, I believe there's a couple reasons, three main reasons. And again, if you have your, your bulletin or we also have it digitally up here and, um, and we're going to go ahead and look at that. Number one is that we are overwhelmed by choices. We live in a time where we are overwhelmed by choices. Some studies show that we make upwards of 35,000 decisions a day. Um, like, for instance, do you remember, how many remember when your television had rabbit ears? And if you were at a high enough spot here, you may, or if it was late at night, you would get Baltimore and Philadelphia in this area, correct? Um, but often you would get maybe... Three to six channels at the most, correct? And you always found something on, whether it was um, Gilligan's Island or the Brady Bunch or news. And then late at night, you watch the Star Spangled Banner and you watch snow, right? White noise. Um, And that's what happened. Um, How many remember, you could always find something to watch with those six channels? Now with 4 billion channels you can't find anything to watch, correct? You flip, 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 flip. I'm going to go to Netflix. No, 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 no. There's so many decisions, you just say I can't do it anymore. Or what about eating? You pull into place and go, "I want something to eat." And then you look. How many of you have ever gone to the refrigerator and just stood there? And you go, "There's nothing to eat." It's full, correct? We have, major, we have so many major decisions. For the moment we wake up, what do I eat? What do I wear? Um, when, do I, when do I look at this or what do I look at? Do I scroll? Do I tap? Do I click? Do I click? Do I scroll past? Do I comment? Do I look at this or look at that? H- how do I drive to work? Uh, do I go that way or this way? How can I get there or here? How many of you, even your GPS drives you crazy because they want to go one way and you're used to going another way and you're like, I don't care whether it takes longer. I'm going that way. And, and you find out, these, we make these decisions all, all along. And what do I say to people at work and all day? What do they say here? We make decisions all the time. You guys came in here and some of you are creatures of it. You know exactly where to sit until someone sits in your seat. Oh gosh, then what do we do? We've got to sit somewhere else. We constantly, constantly are making decisions all day long. And one of the things that uh, many people have talked about and cognitive uh, scientists and psychologists actually coined the term, um, they coined this term decision fatigue. That we are so exhausted with making decisions. And so what happens is the more decisions that increase, uh, the quality of decisions decrease. So we start off when we're ready to make decisions and we're like, okay, I want to make these good decisions. And then because you're having so many, you're exhausted with it. Our, Our decision muscle gets tired. That's why you can make difficult and wise decisions at work all day and you can come home and eat a whole bag of Doritos with ice cream at night because you are just exhausted and you just want to go ahead and eat it. And you know that that might not be the best thing to do, but you say, I don't care. You're just exhausted with making decisions. That's why you make um, financial choices. Um, you're saving, you're paying, you're, you're paying down your debt, you're, uh, do, you're part of the, all those other kinds of things that uh, Dave Ramsey and all kinds of other things that help you save money. And then you make some stupid purchase out of nowhere because of a decision fatigue. And we try to make good decisions all the time. But because of the large amount of our decisions, the qualities start to decrease. Don't worry. Somebody else is making a decision about that out there. Don't worry about it. Right. Do you like that segue? There we go. All right. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the first thing that we have that we're overwhelmed with choices. The second thing is we're afraid of making the wrong choice. How many of you are ever afraid of making the wrong choice? Um, and this is something that's truly um, something for for Christian people because we don't want to miss out on God's will. Um, I, you may have heard me say before, I've always people say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I got to find the right one. And I think, well, that would be torturous if God, you know, if, if God had that one person in the world for us and it was worse than trying to find where's Waldo. You know, like he didn't give us any hints and just says, there you go. Good luck. You know, we like, and if we marry the wrong person, does that mean we have the wrong kids and the ones that we're supposed to? Be? No, because God's will is all part of that. And God blesses the relationships that we have in those ways. But so I've met so many people who are just so just nervous about making the wrong choice. And what I've always said is, what God wants us to do, God gave us a brain, gave us talent, wants us to head in a direction, and if it's of His will, He'll bless it. If it's not, He'll open another door somewhere else. But we're so afraid of that, like I'm, I'm not sure that that's the perfect score, that this is a job, perfect job, or that this is the perfect person to date. Or, and I'm not sure this is the right house or the, or the, or the right neighborhood or, or what have you. And since we are unsure sometimes, we, a lot of times what we do is because we're unsure, we just don't make any decisions at all. Now you have so many decisions, you don't want to make the, right, the wrong ones, so you just say, I'm not making a decision at all. And that by not making a decision, you're actually making a decision in the first place uh, in that way. Um, And so we struggle. We struggle with making good decisions because we're overwhelmed with all the choices that we have. And we're afraid to make the wrong choice. The third thing is we let emotions overrule our logic. And this is one I really want to focus on. And this is where many of us struggle because our decision-making process breaks down because of how we feel. Because of where our emotions take us uh, in different times it's um it, it, they overrule any kind of logical sense It's really interesting because uh some decisions we spend way too much time analyzing. How many of you would be uh, accused of being an overanalyzer? Raise your hand up high, okay? You, you probably have to analyze whether you've got to raise your hand right now. But many of, us, uh, many of us do that. So you may, for instance, you may spend more time analyzing what series to binge watch than actually watching the series. You know, that you go through and you say, okay, I want to see... What, that is, what that's doing. You may actually spend um, more time on thinking uh, and planning out and analyzing what you're going to have for lunch and actually it takes you to eat it. And, and we do this many times. So time after time, we overanalyze decision after decision that, don't, that really don't matter in, in life. And I've had several of these in my life, but I started thinking of, of one time where I bought a, um, a, uh, a, a, a very expensive flower pot that sits in your yard. It's called a boat. Um, anybody have one of those? Um, so, uh, and, uh, and so uh, my brother-in-law and I decided to buy one, and we looked and we looked and we analyzed and we analyzed and we analyzed. And... Um, and then the first, I, I, we got it. We were so excited. It was right around 4th of July weekend. We backed it in. And one of the things I realized is I didn't know how to back in a boat. Everybody at the boat ramp hated my guts. And you know who else hated my guts? My, um, my bumper because I jackknifed it and, and bent up my uh, bumper on my car a little bit there, the plastic bumper. Now, the good news is the boat and, uh, is still a, a great flower pot. And my creased um, bumper is okay. Um, but the bad thing is I overanalyzed that way, way too much without knowing what else to do in life. Have you ever overanalyzed anything too much and then not analyzed the things that really matter? And that's what happens a lot of times. A lot of important decisions I often don't analyze at all, but the ones that don't matter, I spend a lot of time and energy, over-analyzing, and over-analyzing, and over-analyzing, and over-analyzing. Um, I, I often let my emotions take over in certain areas, and I react in the moment. And you know how this plays out. For instance, um, when you're over-emotionalized, your kids upset you, and they, they drive you crazy, and your logic is saying, be patient, don't lose your cool. And the next thing, you're telling them about how you brought them into this world, and you'll take them out. And you're screaming at the top of your, your lungs. Any, any parent bits been there before. Um, And then uh, some of you have these unexpected, like, temptations. They come to you and say, this isn't something I should do. This isn't something I should go in. And then all of a sudden, you end up there, and you're like, okay. Uh, your emotions say, go for it. Or, um, or like, I, well, there was one time when I was just really in a, in a transitional point in life, and my car had, like, stopped, and I went to, um, we went up to uh, up Westchester to look at a car, and um, I didn't like that one. And then we were coming back, and we looked over, and we saw this, um, this uh, Jeep, uh, Cherokee, and we pulled into the place and we went and looked at it. And again, I was already in an emotional state. I needed everything to go well at this time. And, and I went in there and it, it was um, it was in good shape. It was about, I think it was about 2005 or six. And this was a 2002 uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee. It had leather interior and the moon roof and all that kind of stuff. It was top of the line for 2002. And, um, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I really like it. We, we test drove it. I was like, okay, cool. It's got a V8. That sounds neat. Four-wheel drive. I'm I'm feeling like the testosterone build back up in me. You know, I'm feeling good. And then we're already signed the paper and the guy comes to me and he says, hey, we got a problem. And you can imagine like my emotions are starting like, you know, I need everything to go perfect um, or I thought I did. And then all of a sudden he said, "Um, the horn's not working. And so we can't let you take it out of here without the horn. And he said, the place that has the part is closed. And here I am, this emotional, and I sat there. If you don't believe me, you can ask Melissa. She'll tell you. I said, fine, I don't need it then. And they're like, what? Yeah, I don't want it then. Forget it. I need it. I actually am standing there in the place. I'm like, I needed something to go right, and this didn't. I don't want the car. He said, for the horn? Yeah, no, for the horn. I can't take it home, and I'm not going to do it. And I was like... And she's looking at me like I'm crazy, which I am at this point. And, and the guy's like, What? We just spent hours, you liked everything about it. again. And I said, I don't want to come back up here. I don't want to. And I mean, they must have thought, This guy's insane. We, we need to rerun his uh, his credit, but let's check his criminal background as well. Um, and so uh, we went through all this thing. Long story short, they, they let me alone her, and then they brought the guard down to me and took it back. So I don't know whether whining helps or whatever. But. You know, I was, I was about in tears and flipping out over a horn that didn't work. That is minuscule, but because of the emotional state that I was in over all my life, it didn't have anything to do with the car horn. It just had to do with the emotional state and the transitional part in life that I was in. And so I was over-emotionalizing everything and making a bad choice at that time when I got a really good deal and, and ran that car for a lot of years. Um... I was just upset in a bad place. So often, it's the emotional decisions that end up really hurting us and hurting other people. Um, and you can save yourself a lot of pain in life if we if we see this. And here's something I would say. And this is um, this is in your in your bulletin. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Don't make those that are going to impact you or other people just because you're feeling in a moment. I have a a great counselor friend who was talking to me about, um, we were talking about anxiety. And I know many people um, deal with anxiety and depression. And I've dealt with anxiety and depression in my life too. And one of the things that happens is often the feeling of anxiety, if anybody knows that, it gets to a point that you want to do anything to have that anxiety go. And so you start to try to fix it. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You try to fix that anxiety. And when you do stuff to fix that anxiety, you know what you do? You bring more things to be anxious about. And the anxiety begins to increase more. And this counselor of mine said to me, uh, a friend of mine said, "Uh, just let anxiety rise. Now that's torturous for somebody who's dealing with anxiety and depression, but said it'll eventually start to drop down. But often the things that we put in place to deal with anxiety because of the emotion, we are actually increasing, we're pouring pouring gasoline on the fire of anxiety and it's getting more and more and more. So we make permanent decisions based on the temporary emotions. So why do our decisions matter so much? Because the quality of our decisions determines the quality of our life. And um, and we make these decisions, and our decisions make us, as I said. So I know this is a long introduction uh, to the theme that we're going to do, but um, one of the best ways to live life is not just in the moment. Now, there's some things that are fun to live in the moment, but in order to be a uh, forward-looking, people-loving, God-glorifying life— that's the fullness of life. One of the best spiritual tools that we can embrace is predeciding. It's predeciding. Everybody say pre-decide. predecide. Predecide. Okay. So what does that mean? It means choosing ahead of time, before the moment. So here's the goal that we want to do in this series: is that ask God to help us with some predecisions, to decide ahead of time when something happens in the future. How, with God's help, we're going to honor him and make the proper decision when it happens. And in order to do this, let's look at this verse from Proverbs 16, verse 3, that you heard in the intro. It says, commit to the Lord, what is that word? Whatever you do. Whatever you do, commit to the Lord, whatever you do. If you're dating somebody commit that person and that relationship to the Lord. If you're married, commit your marriage to the Lord. If you're a parent, commit your, your parenting skills and your kids um, and your children to the Lord. If you're making a financial decision, commit that to the Lord as well. If you're making pro- uh, professional decisions, commit that to the Lord. If you're um, doing relational decisions, commit it to the Lord. If you're doing friendship decisions, commit that to the Lord. How many have ever been friends with somebody who was probably not a good choice for you to be friends with? Anybody? All right. Um, if, even if you're what you're wearing, say, hey, God, is this is this cool? Um, I, I asked him today. He said, yeah, definitely. Um, um, decisions what to eat, all those kind of things. Uh, commit everything. It says everything that you do. Commit everything that you do to the Lord. Why? Because the promise comes after it, and he will establish your plans. And Jesus said it's another way. He said, when you first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to to you as well. Or as someone once said, all you have to do is seek God and His will and His direction and then do what you please. Because if you're truly seeking God, His will, and His direction, then what you please what will please to do is to honor God in all your choices. Seems easy, doesn't it? Today is January 1st. 2023. Wonder if we'll be saying, "Man, I wish I had made some predecisions." Next, in a year from now, there's no better time though to commit yourself to the Lord, by and your decisions by predeciding. Why do we do that? Commit all our decisions, our whole year, every single thing that we do to the Lord so that he will establish our plans. And wouldn't it be awesome at the end of this year if you said, hey, I'm making a commitment that whatever comes my way, if there's a job choice, if there's a relationship choice, if there's, you know, um, you know whatever, if, whatever there is in my life, if I'm saying right now on the first day of this year, I'm committing that to the Lord. And that when that time comes, when I have a job choice, I really feel God's leading in some place, or that relationship choice, really feel God's leading, then I'll know that he's going to establish that plan. That he's going to work it all out so that next year when we come in we can say, wow, that really was something different. And here's how it plays out in our lives with God's help. Whenever faced with a scenario, whatever it should be, should I look, should I buy, should I reach out to this person, should I respond, should I yell, should I scream, should I say something, should I be silent, should I help out, should I stop? Whenever faced with any of these and other scenarios, there is a power when we pre-decide to take specific action. By we decide we decide ahead of time. So for instance, here's what it is. It's right up here. When faced with whatever that situation is, we say to ourselves, I have predecided to action. Okay? Whatever that situation is, my decision is already predecided, as I've wrestled with it before. Because some of the hardest things is because I will get emotional, I will have too many choices, I will, I will be exhausted, and all those kind of things. And so if I've already used the time to say, oh, when that happens, I'm going to predecide this, then I can work through it a little bit better. So for instance, if you know you have a problem with impulse buying or purchases. Like, for instance, you walk in and it says it's 10% off. Oh, must be God's will. And you go ahead and grab it. Um, if you know you have that issue, then pre-decide when you're that you have that issue, that when whatever you're going to buy this year, you're going to wait three days before you buy it. Okay? For some of you impulse buyers, that is torturous right now. You're thinking three days. Jesus was in the tomb three days. You can wait to buy something three days, okay? So um, go ahead and just say, okay, that's what I'm gonna pre commit to do. If you're a worrier and you're focused on everything and anything that could go wrong, pre decide the moment you start to worry. Instead of going to people, instead of going to some other ways to cope, go immediately to God and say, I'm going to go ahead and add scripture or prayer or worship music or whatever to, to, um, to my year. When I start to worry, I'm going to have something that I do. I'm going to take my burdens to him. Or when, you, um, when someone cuts you off in traffic... It will happen a lot. It will probably happen when you leave here. Say we're going to pre-decide at that moment to pray that they go to heaven instead of telling them to go to hell. Um, And we're not going to give them the sign language. You're number one, buddy. Um, You're going to go ahead and just say, okay... I'm going to to not let that take my emotion and steal that from me, steal the joy from me. I'm going to pre-decide to do something different. And you see this constantly in the Bible. It's not just some kind of, oh, hey, this is like a new agey, like, nice fun thing. No, plenty of biblical examples and I want to give. You see it over and over and over again. Somebody we talked a lot about when we talked about the name of God, Abraham. Um, And... Abraham in Genesis 22. God tells him, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. And Abraham in that moment has to be thinking, are you crazy? That Nobody does that. That is absolutely makes no sense. That's ridiculous. No way. But he had a long time ago, a long time ago, pre-decided that is in his future that um, my God is trustworthy. And because my God is trustworthy, that even if I have to come down and sacrifice him, I know he can raise him up. And that's why he, as he's going up that mountaintop and he can say, Hey, uh, Jehovah Jireh, my God will provide. That's why he knew that because he trusted in God. He had predecided to trust God. Or what about Ruth? Ruth in chapter 1, ahead of time, she pre she, uh, predecided about the future. She made a very strong commitment to Naomi, and she says, "No matter where you go, I'm going. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God." She had predecided that no matter what happened in life, that she was going to go ahead and make a commitment to Naomi, her mother-in-law. Daniel, and D- Daniel, we'll talk a little bit more about him in Daniel chapter one. He is the king of predecision um, in a time where God's people were taken by the Babylonians into captivity and they took the best of the best and put them in positions. And he and his friends were were essentially taken hostage in a foreign land, and they were told, you must think the way we think. You must be educated in the way we are educated. You must eat the food that we eat, and you must also worship the gods we worship. But Daniel had decided in his heart a long time ago that he was not going to do anything that dishonored God. And in Daniel 1, 8, Scripture tells us this. It says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And, you know, if you're in captivity and you're brought in and they want to simulate you, they're giving you the best of the best. And it's royal. It was in the king's household. It was the best food ever. It was the shady maple of food Some of you, I just made you really hungry, right? You're like, oh, darn it, that food thing. I was trying to be good. You hit me with J.D. Maple right off the bat. Um, If you don't know what it is, Google it. You'll love it. It's amazing, all right? Um, But Daniel had pre-decided, I'm not going to do anything that dishonors God because that was sacrificed to their idols and for them. And I don't care whether i got to eat a root or whatever else. I'm going to do that to honor God first. He had pre-decided. So there was no question. When, when King uh, Nebuchadnezzar decided that they were going to bow down to the, any time they played the trumpets and bow down to uh, the idol, Daniel had pre-decided, I don't care what it costs. I'm not going to bow down. They threw him in a, in a lion's den. Said, I don't care. I predecided. That's all I need. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, We're not going to bow down either. And guess what happened? They didn't bow down. Got thrown in a fiery furnace. Everybody else burned up, not them. They had predecided that God was trustworthy and that God was more important than all this stuff here. How would that change our lives if we predecided that? That because of God's faithfulness, that a future moment we can be ready to honor God. So as you move into the new year with a perfect chance to honor God, what do you value? Because the thing thing that Daniel and the others did is they knew who and what they valued more than anything. What do you value more? What is the most important thing or things to you? Like, for instance, when when people talk about you or think about you, what do you want them to say? What do you want them to think? What do you want to be known by? What do you want to be characterized by? When people describe you, what do you want them to say about you? What do you want your reputation to be? What do you want people, what do you you want you to know? Deep down matters to you more than anything else. Think about it. Think about what really matters to you. Think about and talk about with those who are close to you. And pray about it and commit everything to the Lord. Why? Why? because he'll establish your plans if that matters. What do you value? You may say, I value faithfulness. I want to be faithful to God and to my family and my friends. I value generosity. I want to be a a, a great giver because God so loved the world that he gave his son. And I want to be in the nature of God. I want to be a giver. Whatever it may be, what is it that you value most in life? If you're like me, most of the things that I spend most of my energy, whether my, my mental, my emotional, and even sometimes my physical energy, are the values that are lower on my list. But I, spend, uh, but, but I value them when I should value some other things even more so than others. Whatever situation in the future I face, I've already pre-decided. That's why we look here on the screen again. When I faced with, with this situation... I pre-decided to bam. Think about this year coming up. What situations do you think you may face? Marge is hopefully going to get a call that she can get knees, and she's going to be like, "I will run, limp, and jump all the way there to get these knees." Right? Exactly. And you're going to be excited for that. What situations are we going to have that when we're faced with, that we can already pre-decide with God's help that we've got this. Now, I promise you, it it, it will play out again and again and again and again. It will save your situations from unwise decisions that you might regret for your life. Because decisions determine direction, and direction determines destiny. Our unwise decisions tend to multiply negatively. Our wise, God-honoring decisions tend to multiply in a positive, God-honoring way. So when you look at, at what you value, ask yourself, are your decisions... Moving in that direction of the things that you value. And here's the big, big question for thought that is here. If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction that your decisions are taking you? Think of that. If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, which they are, correct? Our lives move in the direction of our decisions. Do you like the directions that your decisions are taking you down? If you don't, I'm going to give you a secret. Change it by making better decisions. All right? It seems this, this is so easy, right? This is life. This is easy. But it's hard because of all those other things that we talked about in decisions. And that's, that's why we struggle with some of the things. So what do we need to do? We need to take our life back. How do we take our life back? By giving it to God. By giving it to God and having Him lead and decide. By predeciding By saying, well, I'm going to do something different this year. I'm going to pre-decide. So when I'm faced with a situation, I don't have to struggle with it. I don't have to get emotional. I don't have to 8 billion choices. I know because I've already predecided with God's help that that's where I'm headed. And this is the scenario when I'm faced with a situation that I'm going to have. And why is this so important? Because let's get real for a second. Okay, can we get real day one of the year, new year? Can we do that? I don't care, I am, okay? I see some of you saying I am. But let's get real, because here's, here's what I've noticed. Now, I've noticed, and I, in, in planning for this, I've noticed six negative qualities, at least, about me. Don't talk to my family. You'll probably come up with 25. Um, But I found six about me that kind of encompass other things. And most of these qualities are also uh, true about you and everyone else that we know. And so what I want to do is I want to look at these. So here's what I know. Here are the six negative qualities. And this is what we're going to base the rest of the series on. But we're not going to do two, and I'll tell you why in a second. All right? Um, The first thing that I know is I'm inconsistent. Is anybody inconsistent? Inconsistent. Right? I'm inconsistent. I want to be consistent. I start off doing the right thing. But sometimes, I get tired, and I end up doing the wrong thing. I'm, in, I'm inconsistent in my life. Anybody else inconsistent? I'm inconsistent. That's the first thing. The second thing is this: I'm often unprepared. We have a spiritual enemy. I have a spiritual enemy. You do. His name Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever. And he's constantly attacking. Constantly attacking. It says he's a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. Constantly ready. Constantly ready to attack. And I often have my guard down. And I'm often unprepared. I can be unintentional. Instead of being proactive and prayerful and and intentional about my decisions, sometimes I am am cautious and I'm laissez-faire and I'm just kind of like, eh, all right, about lots of things. I let life come at me rather than going at it for God's glory and his plan for my life. That's another one. Another one is at times I'm selfish. Don't you even hate to say that out loud? We feel selfish if we say it out loud, but I... I don't want to be, but sometimes I get really self-absorbed. Anybody get self-absorbed? Like somebody's talking to you and telling you like the worst thing in life, but you're thinking, you know, I'm going to be late for lunch, you know? I mean, like it's, anybody do that? Like in your brain, okay? Um, And so sometimes we do that. And a lot of times, you know, like if you look at a picture and there's a whole bunch of people, you're looking for yourself and how you look. And you may go ahead and say, how do I look? I, I want to know how does this impact me? What do I get out of this? Um, what is the cost to me? How much time is this going to take of my time if I do this? Anybody? We get selfish with things. I hate to say it, but by nature there's a part of me and you that is selfish. Another one, I get really short-sighted. I get really short-sighted. I have to f- do what feels good in the moment and not about long-term uh, like how many of us said when it comes to, like I said, in New Year's, we say, hey, when it comes to New Year's, then I'm going to eat right. And we just build up like calories and fat for like the, that it's going to last us, like, like last us for years in the last month. And we just said, eh, in the New Year. And then we're like, I said, New Year, I uh, got to eat that pork and sauerkraut and black eyed peas and... Why not a pizza and some cheesecake? You know what I mean? It just starts to get there. We make these choices time and time again. And this other one, some of us, when things get tough, we tend to quit or we tend to give up. We tend to walk away or we just give up before we start. You ever have a thing you got a plan, you're really excited about something and you you think, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. And then before you even put it together, you quit because then why bother? It's a defeatist before you even start. So over the next few weeks, let me just give you kind of where we're going over the next few weeks. Um, On the 8th and the 15th, and then um, the 5th of February and the 12th, we're going to delve into this I Have Predecided series. So the next two weeks. Then we're taking a break um, in two weeks in a row because on the 22nd of January... Is, believe it or not, the 15th anniversary of Haven. Isn't that amazing? 15 years. Um, So, um, I was 15 when we started, um, but um, so, But um, it's the 15th anniversary, and so we're going to share with you just um, how amazing you all are as uh, as Haven Community Church. The things that we've been able to do, which are amazing and fantastic. Um, And then the 20, and so we're going to we're going to dedicate that um, for um, for the 22nd. And then on the 29th, um, we realize we have a a, a lot of. um, Newer people, and we also have some other people. uh, um, Because of pandemic and stuff, we kind of got off the 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 topic of really understanding. um, But we're gonna—it's gonna be uh, Haven Community Church Haiti Sunday, and we're gonna talk about uh, and share with you the history of how we went to Haiti, how we connected, how we grieved that because of gangs we can't get down there in the cities, but how. some of the people that were strangers to us have become some of the most amazing people that have ever touched our lives. And even if we can never get together here because of politics, that one day we're going to be side by side in heaven and I get to, um, to worship and experience um, some of those most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And I know some of you who were, who were there in Haiti understand exactly what I'm talking about and, and the ministry that you guys have provided that has truly, truly, truly completely transformed a community. Uh, and people all for the glory of God. And and we, we spend so much time here focused in in things here that we don't stop and we wonder how awesome it was that God chose us to go down and partner with the most amazing people um, that I've ever met in life. And it's also right before Pastor Oog gets married. We know his wife died last year and he's getting remarried and we want to celebrate that also with him. So so that's kind of where we're going in the next uh, couple um, weeks, but also when we get to the I have predecided. I want to motivate you and myself to be part of this experience in teaching over the next few weeks, because we're going to make predecision resolutions about who we are, because when you know who you are, you know what to do. Um, if you don't know who you are, you'll go by every teaching and wind of doctrine. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Now, one of the things is in this We'll also find out that we're vulnerable. Um, And so in doing so, we need to pre-decide based off of these six things. Let me share this with you again. So the first thing we had is that we were inconsistent, correct? Well, what do I want to be? I want to be consistent, okay? Um, When it's easy to be inconsistent, one day on, one day off, with God's help, we are consistent. Everybody say, I am consistent. consistent. Okay, that didn't sound very good, but anyway, we'll go with it. this one here, um, uh, you know, we talked about being unprepared. And when the Satan attacks, we're not, we're not going to be unprepared. And so we need to be on guard and we need to watch and pray and we're going to need to be ready. So with God's help, we are ready. Everybody say, I am ready. And um, we're not going to spend time on this in this series because we spend a lot of time with it in other places. So I, um, I just want to let you know that. So then we get to being unintentional. We're unintentional. And what do I, uh, in a world that often strays from God and loses their passion from God, and, and people get on fire for the Lord and then they trickle off. And we, ta- we often take God for granted. And we, we, many of us feel like we've arrived and stopped studying God's word and stopped uh, participating in, in worship and other kinds of things. And we don't seek to adore and worship Him and, and live to please God. And, but what we want to do is we want to say, with God's help, we are devoted. We're devoted. So everybody say, I am devoted. Amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen. That's much better. All right. Um, see, I told you you were inconsistent. Um, so here we go. We talked about being selfish. Selfish. And, um, and so the world tends to be very selfish. Um, we're going to be God-honoring. We're going to choose ahead of time what belongs to God and, and recognize that I'm a caretaker of all that is the Lord's stuff. With God's help, we are generous. Everybody say, I am generous. And this we are not going to cover in the series because you guys are the most generous church I've ever been part of. And we're going to talk about on the 22nd and through the 29th how um, your generosity has really just impacted lives that we will never, ever even know the magnitude of. And we're going to celebrate that during those times. So we're not going to cover that in this series. Um, We talked about being short-sighted. And in a world where disloyalty and faithlessness seem the norm, as followers of Jesus, we don't want to be the norm. And with God's help, we are faithful. Everybody say, I am faithful. There we go. And then at a time where people uh, start something and quit or leave something unfinished or, or when any kind of pressure hits, they leave relationships or they cut you off. And whenever pressure comes a little bit, they give up easily. And we don't want to be those who give up or quit. And Jesus said on the cross, he said, I did everything the Father told me to do. And then he said, to telestai, which means it is finished he completed absolutely everything his father called him to do. And so we need to honor God with excellence. That we don't back down and we don't walk away and we don't quit. With God's help, we are finishers. Everybody say, I am, finisher. I am a finisher. So we have this rundown where we can say, I am consistent, I am ready, I am devoted, I am generous, I am faithful, and I'm a finisher. With God's help, we are predeciding as we enter this year 2023 that we are not what the world says we are. We are not who Satan tells us we are. We are not what we did in the past. We are not what anybody else thinks of us. We are who God says we are. And when we face a certain situation, since we know who we are, we are his kids, and we are beloved and we are loved by him, then we know who we are, we can make a decision that when those situations come in life, it's already predecided how we're going to deal with it and predetermined. This is who we are and this is what we do. And what what are we? We are consistent, we are ready, we are devoted, we are generous, we are faithful, and we are finishers. So on one day during this year, it may be later today, when you're tired, when you're overwhelmed, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're broken, when you're hurt, when you're feeling emotional, when you're discouraged, when you're feeling depressed or anxious, when you don't know what to do next, in that moment you will recognize that you are more vulnerable than ever. But the good news is this, your decision won't be based off of emotion, won't be based off of fatigue, or other things, your decision will be based off of the values and the clarity that God has placed in your heart and in your life. The really good news is since we are not good decision makers, God is. And I want to tell you about Jesus because the good thing is none of us are saved by our decisions except for one decision, and that decision is to choose Jesus Christ. We are saved by the grace of God and Jesus our Savior. Gave us a great example of predeciding in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, He chose us before the foundation of the world. In other words, He knew we were going to mess up and He said, I'm still going to go to the cross for them. He predecided that. So, and then in Revelation 3 8, it tells us, The lamb slain from the foundation of the world, meaning that Jesus said, Yes, I'm going to go and pay that price for all the sins of the world. I have predecided that. So that means when He came to a garden in Gethsemane, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the emotions were so bad that droplets of blood came from his head because it was such agony and concern about the crucifixion and taking on the weight of sin, he didn't have to say, ah, no, you know, hey, go away. He said, not my will but yours, Father, be done. Why? Because he had predecided it before Adam and Eve ever came on the scene. And it was already done. It was already waiting to be done. He gave his life so that we could have life, the fullness of life here and eternal life. And so because God loves that much, we're going to commit it all to him, commit everything we do to the Lord. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to establish our plans and glorify his name. Regardless of what 2023 has in store for us, ahead of time, we already know that we're going to honor God in the moment as we predetermine this course of action before that moment happens. Are you with me? If you are, say, I'm with you. you. All right, in this series, I want you to press into the goodness of God. Let his word get deep into your heart to burn the values of the kingdom of God in you. And when you predetermine who you are, you know what to do. We started with this verse at the beginning of this new year that God is always ready to do a new thing. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. God says, I'm doing a new thing. This last verse I want to close you with today from Philippians chapter 3 says, one thing I do. Don't you love when they put one thing I do and it seems real easy? Forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. I'm not just saying 2022. I'm talking about anything in your life that makes you feel like you can't be who God wants you to be. Forget it. And strain on to what is ahead. I press on to the goal of the prize that uh, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. For some, we have to predecide to forget the former things and what is behind us, and predecide, that's post-decide to do that, and predecide to take our lives back and press on to the goal that Jesus has for us. And this year can be the best year of our lives by pre-deciding. All right? Let's stand and let's, um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship God in this moment. Okay. Bow your head with me, if you will. Lord, um, today's just a a big introduction, but so many of us just really need to, to hear, I, you know, I don't know if people are like me, kind of like at the end of the, you get to the end of a year and you've been building there and, and then all of a sudden here's the new year and you go, okay, time to make the donuts again, time to start again, will this year be different? what does tomorrow have that that last year didn't and sometimes it causes us to stop and see the areas where we may have failed last year the areas where we we started something and we we stopped in the middle or the, the places that we we hoped that would happen or the relationships that started off that were so dear and close to us that are no longer here. And we may not even know why we don't have those relationships.
2: God, there's a lot of
1: emotion, a lot of choices, a lot of all kinds of things that go into our decision making. So I just pray that this year will just be a year of, of just your blessing and your anointing. How do we get that? by taking everything that our plans are headed for and committing everything that we do to you. So God, for me and my house, we just want to serve you and we just want, we just want to give everything this whole year, this whole year to you. Those decisions, I, I believe there's some people, we know there's some people here are, who are having surgeries and that's been a process of a decision and we just pray that, God, that you'll, you'll guide and bring healing and restoration to their physical bodies. Others have decisions about, you know, tomorrow, about jobs, about, about life. God, help them say, this is the way. Walk in it. Whatever you have called for us to do, I pray for one thing, God, that your, your name will be lifted higher. And many people will come to know you. I pray that the 2023 will be a year of revival. That people will recognize all the other stuff that we we spend so much energy and focus on. All the stuff, the choices that we overplan and overanalyze fail in comparison to the one choice that we can make is to say, I will give my life to you. And So somebody here for the first time may just say, what does that mean? And the bottom line is this, that we messed up long before we were born, humanity messed up and missed the mark of what you did. But even before the foundations of the world, even before one of us was here, Jesus predecided and said, Daddy, I'm going to come and I'll, I'll die on a cross. He rose three days later. And for anyone who believes in you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, as our Savior, that you take all that mess and all those areas that we fa- that, we, that we failed and missed the mark, And you forget them. You forget the former things. You say, press on to me. Somebody here today, my prayer is that you will just say, Jesus, I don't understand all this stuff, but I I need a Savior. And you're it. And I'm going to pre-decide, and I'm going to decide right now that I'm giving my life to you, and and I'm going to press into you, and I'm going to trust you. I ask that you take all my decisions and guide, in Jesus' name. If you said that, all heaven rejoice with you. Lord, as we now move to this time where we worship in song, this one last time on this first day of the year, I thank you for the many blessings of the people, the generosity of people that are changing lives all around the world, and even in our communities. God, as we receive your tithe and offerings, that you will once again anoint them and bless them to further your ministry, not ours. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If someone needs to pray, there are people up front. In the back, if you want to pray with somebody to start this year, just knowing that you got somebody who's with
0: you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Everybody have a great, have a great new, year. new year happy new year happy new year, happy new year. All right, that took you a little delayed reaction all right you're still in the old right, year the old and um i'll put this shirt away for another time all right <laughs> um i feel like denny terrio on disco fever that yeah, it tells you you're old all right everybody have a great week god bless and see you next week happy new year